Welcome to your personal growth, personal brand podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Biernan. I interview grow getters just like you who overcome adversity, thirst for progress, and have a powerful message to share. You'll see how personal growth means getting a handle on your past and why your personal brand is the key to your future. What's going on, Grow Getters? I'm joined today by Samuel Maine. He's a business coach, world traveler, and he has an obsession for helping others uh, be better in business and in life. Samuel, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Excited to be here. Dude, you got it, brother. So we, we've had a great connection already. We've talked on fitness. We've talked on life. We've talked on traveling. And I'm, I'm beyond pumped to, to get diving in. So maybe we'll start with maybe just the, the scattershot of a you know, quick resume so people can get an idea of who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you for, uh, for having me on. It's been awesome just connecting with you already. So to give the, the TLDR, the long story short, um, I studied sports coaching as my degree in Wales. I transitioned then into full-time coaching on the gym floor. I was very fortunate working abroad uh, in Dubai, Thailand, coaching out there. And then I eventually moved into some business coaching uh, was in the trenches for, for many years, trying to make it happen. And then now have my own coaching company uh, and work alongside some, some other uh, companies too. That I'm helping out with their business. Plus, uh, very fortunate to be able to travel, move around and do some things I'm passionate about as well. So uh, yeah, lots going on, but I've been, been super fortunate to, to get to where I am today already. Yeah, I want to touch on the, let's just touch on the traveling for work piece because it's it's scary. It can be challenging. And it's probably one of the most thrilling things that you've probably gotten to do is just experience and immerse yourself in these different cultures. I guess as a, as a professional, talk to me about going to these different countries and, and just working and living there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I did practically live out of a backpack for a couple of years and would travel probably 10 countries a year. Um, the biggest challenge most people have is the fear of the unknown when you're traveling. You don't know what you're going to. You don't know how you're going to get from place A to place B. You don't know what the Wi-Fi is going to be like. But things have changed so much now. Um, of course, COVID's made things a little bit more challenging. Um, but so many places are set up and ready to be explored We've now got iPhones that makes travel just so much easier. You can get flights super, super cheap. You can, you know, if your job is remote, there's just a world out there to be explored. So most of the time I've done it on a very strict budget and was still able to make it happen. And I just started to embrace the unknown and the uncomfortable. And I taught myself in a way to actually enjoy the uncomfortable aspect of travel. So a lot of people do not enjoy, you know, sitting on a plane for 10 hours. And that was just a, a nightmare scenario for a lot of people. However, I told myself, it's like, that's part of travel. That's part of what you're doing. I get this opportunity to sit on a flight uh, and watch movies or read or study. And someone's going to bring me meals. Like that became like an enjoy, you know, a, a true place of enjoyment for me. And it was just changing my perspective on that travel. And I was super grateful, super lucky to be able to do these things. Um, and again, nowadays, compared to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, travel is so accessible. And it really does 
connect you with so many new people, challenge you to be more self-sufficient, and it just adds experience and uniqueness to your resume, to your CV. And that's allowed me to you know, fast track some of my success in business simply because I made the intentional effort to explore and become a better person through travel personally. Uh, and that's carried over massively now to the work that I do. Let's talk about that. That sounds really interesting. The idea that when you do challenging things, you are changed by it. And it's particularly travel, it the people, the culture, the actual act of traveling, being in these foreign, strange places, and then also turning these foreign and strange places into a new home, making them a new normal for a period of time. All of that changes you as a person. You get to grow and shift in that. So I guess maybe let's, I kind of want to pull that apart a little bit, just the idea of what's some of the good that's happened in you because of travel. And then maybe what's some of the negative, what's some of the bad stuff that you've seen uh, just in yourself as you've traveled. Absolutely. The good, no doubt, is just the people you meet. You don't know who you're going to meet. You never do. Um, But I've made some of the closest friends through travel and also been exposed to some opportunities that I couldn't even dream of before because I've uh, got away from, let's say, you know, my local town where I grew up and went to school with and where all my friends are. I put myself intentionally in some uncomfortable positions that allowed me then to connect with people that were doing things that I, like I said, couldn't even dream of. So the good is the people you meet. And on top of that, the person you become by traveling, you have to become self-sufficient. There's no other way to put it. You know, I've missed meals. I've, you know, slept in airports. Uh, you know, there's some of the bad things. We could, I'll delve into a few more of those in a second. But the people you meet, the opportunities that it brings up for you, and the realization of how much there is out there to explore. Once you've done that and you've exposed yourself to it, there's no going back. It's, it is that bug that you catch that you just want to keep going. Um, and that, that for me has never gone away. Even though I've been very fortunate to travel as much as I have, that travel bug has never gone away because I've realized how much it can teach me as a person um, and how much it enables me to truly find what's important to me. So that's been some of the good things. Some of the bad things, you know, I've taken meetings whilst being traveling. On, I've even taken some meetings on planes. I've taken meetings on on uh, on trains. I've slept in some places that you wouldn't share with your parents. You know, there there's of course some downsides to the travel. But again, for me, when you look back at those things now, you know, now that I don't travel just from a backpack, it's a lot easier. Um, I look back at those times, I laugh about it, I smile about it because it helped craft the person I am today and helped me become more resilient uh, and then grateful for the things that I do have. You know, now I'm sat in this nice office and I've got all the gadgets and all the tech. Uh, It hasn't always been that way. You know, it was a secondhand laptop, a backpack, some secondhand clothes, basically, uh, and just trying to make it by on on a very, very strict budget. Yeah, you talked about resiliency, and that's uh, that's such a huge thing because I I just got done with a trip with my family. We went on a cruise into the Caribbean and stopped at two different countries. We went to Haiti, and then we went to the Bahamas. And so my children, who are just about a year old, and the other one is three years old, they've been to two foreign countries now, and uh, I don't think I even made it to Canada until you know I was like eighteen or nineteen. So like for me, like it was huge. It was huge to be able to kind of bring them on that type of 
adventure. Um, but at the same time, it was tremendously challenging, right? Yeah. Traveling with just yourself is one thing. Traveling with a partner is another. And then traveling with yourself, a partner, and children was like, oh my goodness. Ah! You know, a friend of mine said, you know, you never really go on vacation when you have kids. You just yeah. go somewhere else to do your parenting. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you just get to be a parent somewhere else. And there's just new challenges with that. Um, so, you know, I really, I, I, and it made a lot of sense, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, there's, they, the kids still need so much, but at the same time, they get to see so much and they get to experience some really interesting and different things. Um, so on that resiliency note, right, I, I came back to my hometown here and I was just like, I was relieved, right? But at the same time, I was like, you know what? We went through kind of, it was challenging to go on that trip. It was really cool at the same time. And I now have a higher tolerance for baloney. You know what I mean? I have a higher tolerance for things not going well, you know, because there was a lot that didn't quite go well. You know, the kids didn't go to bed uh, at their normal time. They went to bed like two hours later than they usually do, which was really stressful, uh, you know, and then their their food that they normally eat wasn't the same. Right. But so all these little these small challenges, you know, throughout that traveling, it it changed how I look at the trivial challenges at home. You know, oh, the sink's messy. Well, let's just do it. Let's just suck it up. You know, it's not that big a deal. You know, like, oh, there's this minor issue at work. Okay, whatever. You know, let's move through that. I guess talk to me about how for you the resiliency in traveling and then being in these foreign countries has affected you now that you're at a home base. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I feel like you've also set yourself up for some future challenges now that the kids have gone to Bahamas and and Haiti. There's a that's a very high bar to set. <laughs> for their first travel trip so um yeah you might struggle to keep that up that's uh very well played in, uh, in terms of resiliency i think for me because i spent so much time let's say in the trenches and i was often traveling through necessity of like actually it was cheaper to be abroad traveling moving around from place to place than it was to settle in some of my hometown so the actual resiliency of like when I was away knowing, okay, I don't even know where the, 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 clear, the nearest shop is. I don't know where the nearest gym is. I don't know if I've got Wi-Fi. I don't know if I've got connection. So it, it forces you to start to be proactive in ultimately searching out what you do need. You have to go and find the food, the shelter uh, and everything you need for work. So then when I came back to um, let's say a routine and now my, you know, where I, I do have an apartment, um, that's my base now because I'm so used to being proactive. I can just be so much quicker in getting to a place of efficiency with business and in life. So coming back to here, and I've been very fortunate. I've done quite a few trips already this, this year, coming back to here, things are so much easier. I know where the nearest shop is. I know that I've got Wi-Fi. I know the business is covered and everything that I need. And I can get to a place of maximum productivity very, very quickly. But that's only because I'd been exposed to a lot of challenges. And I knew that I could, if I can get through those, the challenges that arise when I'm here at home, very minuscule in a way. Um, and of course, things arise in business and personal life and things that you can't control. But because I've been exposed to so many challenges, that just helps me overcome those that much quicker. 
Mm, that's so beautiful and so true, right? The the level of challenges you overcome, you get to look back on some of the stuff that used to be a big deal and you say, oh man, that's not so bad. Yeah. You know, like that's not that's not the, the end all be all. Um, and it definitely kind of opens you up quite a bit to, to opportunity and possibility in the future. What used to be terrifying and intimidating is now just a logical next step. Yeah, I'm in that place now where I am like so relaxed when it comes to like travel and, and going anywhere. I'm kind of like, just drop me off in an airport. I'll figure it out. Same thing. And how that applies to business is like, let's say all of my clients cancel tomorrow. All of the companies I work alongside cancel tomorrow. I'm like, cool. That sounds like a good challenge. Like I get to start clean, start fresh. Amazing. You know, it, the, the everyday day-to-day things that would normally scare you now become you know, a challenge. They become part of that journey, part of that fun. Yeah. Love it, man. I love it. So we, you actually mentioned the reason you did a lot of your traveling was the profession that you were in. So a lot of the, the, the physical side of things, I kind of want to dive into that a little bit too. So, you know, we both share a background in that. So helping people with their physical bodies, whether it is as a, as a coach or as their trainer, uh, it's a blessing. It's so cool to be able to have that physical impact with people because you can see the physicality of that ripple into their emotions, ripple into their confidence. And it, it, it spreads into all kinds of other areas. And we we're both kind of, you know, for ourselves, still very interested in it, but professionally, we've, we both kind of shifted gears a bit. So I guess, talk to me about what got you into that profession and maybe what brought you out of it. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I was that sporty kid at school. Um, I was very fortunate. I was, uh, very gifted as a, as an athlete, I could pretty much pick up any sport and be good at it. So, you know, you lean into your strengths, right. And for me, sport and going into coaching and helping then others, uh, with that health and fitness side, which is the natural gravitation. And I went to university, studied sports coaching, but I knew that I didn't want to come back to, let's say, normality in my local town. I wanted that challenge. And from there, I was very fortunate is that I'd managed to uh, get a coaching position in Dubai. Never been there, didn't know any anyone there at all, hadn't even finished my degree. But the day after my last exam, I flew out and then uh, ended up being in Dubai coaching for a couple of years in one of the gyms there. Now, do not get me wrong. At that point, I wasn't a great coach. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like, I'd, um, it was for a full-time coaching role and I barely coached any gym sessions. I'd barely led any personal training sessions at this point, And they'd asked for um, some examples of me coaching. And I had to ask the gym that I was at if I could lead my first ever session so that I could get proof. That, <laughs> proof that you could that do it. Oh my coach. goodness. So I'd send that out and they accepted the role. And then within about, you know, the first week I was leading classes over in Dubai for the first time. Um, and that was one of those like moments that hits you and you're like, oh, wow, this is happening. I'm in Dubai coaching some, some gym sessions that I've never done before, way out of my depth, didn't know anyone, uh, was getting picked up at the airport by someone I'd never met. And it was just one of those things that was definitely very difficult to explain to the parents that I wasn't coming home and that I was, uh, I was heading off to a new country. However, that, you know, that kickstarted everything then for me, I was, um, I had some of the best coaches, even to this day that I've ever met. And they would review my uh, performance. They would assess my coaching. They would give me that constructive feedback. I was 
and uh, like allowed to go and do multiple qualifications. So in the space of a year, I had done so many qualifications in my um, coaching that I became very experienced very, very quickly. And I was leading multiple sessions a day with, you know, personal training on top and meeting, you know, hundreds of people, coaching hundreds of people through their own health and fitness journey. And that fast-tracked my success for, for coaching. And at a very quick age, and, and at the time, CrossFit, which was what I was coaching, was still relatively fresh. The gym that I was at was a Reebok gym, which meant that we got all of the qualifications for free. They were all hosted at our gym, which meant I was doing them multiple times. So very quickly, I was able to make some, some significant progress um, which then led to me starting to question more of like what I wanted to do, mm. um, which I can lean into if you, if you'd like. Yeah, no. Cause like that, that exact idea was kind of where I was at when I started personal training, I came in as a guy that had a business degree and had done sales stuff, you know? So, you know, and then I had, you know, worked on trying to lift and do weight training on my own outside of that. And so it was a massive career shift for me and a ton of learning, right? I had to learn so much. And, um, in, in that, in that study and in that application, right. When that rubber meets the road, like, okay, I know what the muscles are. I know how they move. I know all these kind of different ideas, but now I have to put it into practice and this person has an elbow injury. So now how do we still work this particular muscle without aggravating that elbow? Right. Or this person's got a, a knee issue, right? How do we still get that glute work that they need to get because they're having back problems and all that other stuff, right? How do, how do I still build this program? Now that there's a wrinkle in there right now there's a problem right it's easy to have a plan but it's it's so hard to it's so hard to be able to adapt on the fly right and then so much of the depth of training you know and especially you can look at people on stages you can look at some of the best coaches that are out there whether it is coaching uh, as far as sports or, or coaching when it comes to business and life the depth of a coach happens when there's problems. That's mm -hmm. when you really get to see how good they are at what they do. But I'm, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. You, there was kind of a, a point you wanted to make right into this. So uh, let's dive into that. Yeah. So I was coaching and I was coaching full time all day, every day and loving it. And I, I really was loving it, but I also started to see, you know, maybe that Instagram life of people traveling, making money, and it was also at the point where I started to learn more about personal development. And I, I think the book that I read was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Dude, that one is and infectious, man. It's it's, so it, infectious. It, it has seeded my brain. Yeah. <laughs> and it was that acted as a trigger for me to be like, okay, start to dream a little bit bigger. How can I start to do this on a, on a, on a bigger picture ultimately? And I connected with uh, an individual who was traveling to different gyms around the world and delivering uh, powerlifting seminars. And I got a job offer from this person. Amazing. I accept. I'm in. Uh, quit my coaching role that I was there in Dubai for a couple of years. And it all fell through. Everything changed. He, he disappeared off the planet Earth, unfortunately. Um, he, he's still alive. But oh, okay, good. I was, like, oh, man, I was, I was like, oh, I was like, let me just reframe that. Um, but yeah, he, all communication stopped. And at this point, I'd quit my job. And I was like, now what do I do? I've given up everything for this role. And it's just completely disappeared. So from there... Um, uh, that's when I started going, uh, I went to Thailand, coached out in Thailand for just under a year, but I got to the point with my coaching 
is that I was coaching a class of 20 people, 25 people, 30 people. But I got to the point where I was almost like distant in my coaching is that I would be demonstrating movements, but in my head, I'm thinking about what am I going to have for lunch? I was thinking about, oh, what should I do once I've finished work? I wasn't present in my coaching because it had become so monotonous in a way. Yeah, so, yeah, so rote, so just yeah. another day. Yeah. yeah. I, I still showed up. I still supported all those people I was coaching, but I knew then at that point that it stopped being a challenge for me and I needed that next level. And that was then when I started to lean into the business coaching. And that is when, you know, an opportunity came my way to start helping a startup company. And that was then when I went from living the life in Dubai to living out of a backpack and, uh, and being in the trenches for, for a little while when it, it took a long time to get that startup company off the ground. Um, but that was the start of the transition for me from the gym floor to then into business coaching and, and helping other people build a business. Now, you mentioned the idea of living out of a backpack and, and seeing a bunch of different countries you know, each year. Was that remote work and were you just kind of bouncing around wherever it was kind of cheapest or wherever you want to do adventure? Yes. And we hosted a few different events in certain places too. So majority of the time, it was just where do we want to go and we'll go there. And then occasionally we would intentionally set up events in certain countries so that we ultimately had an excuse to go there, <laughs> but all, all remote. That's super cool. Now you talk about the idea. It sounds like you were with your people that you were working with, people in the startup. Did you guys travel together? Yes. Yes, we did. I, uh, I started part-time. I think I was on about 300 pound a month. And I was like, cool, I'm in, I'll quit all my jobs and I'll start developing this, <laughs> developing this business. Um, but as you can imagine, the, that doesn't last long, 300 pounds when you're traveling multiple countries a year. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but yes, we, we traveled like as a small group and then to the events and, and doing whatever we needed to do. That's fantastic. Now, we had talked previously before this call about how you kind of saw the writing on the wall at one point and you felt like you needed to leave. I guess kind of talk me through how you knew it was time to leave. And I think it, I think you were very self-aware within your you know personal training that you recognized that it was time for a change. Uh, I think a lot of people get to that spot and then they stay there for like 20 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, you notice that like, I'm, I'm not growing anymore. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not being challenged the way that I need to be. And, the, and you, you took that step. So I guess in, in this startup, how did you know when it was time to take that next step? Yeah. So the startup was super interesting. We spent two years developing that startup company and it was, rough it was it was tough there's no there's no way to sugarcoat it but it very quickly grew once we'd hit certain points so you know we went from doing five grand a month to then doing low seven figures a year uh, as, a, as a coaching company and i didn't own any equity in the company and i was the third person hired there was three people total when i first started and that was my mistake i'd asked for equity didn't follow through so then when the company was doing two, two mil a year, it was then that the company wanted to grow from two mil to eight mil. And what they wanted to do was actually to bring someone else in, in my department, the fulfillment to change it up. So that was because of some of the challenges that I'd arose and the six months prior that then started a conversation of like, okay, it was time to move on. Um, so from there I was then, it was, it was a, it was a very tough time 
very tough time because I'd committed so much to this startup company and obviously then helped that become very, very successful. But then it was like very freeing. It was like, cool, now I actually get to do what I want to do and get to build the company that I want to build and in the way that I want to do it. So very tough time. I owe a lot to that startup company because it allowed me the exposure of what it takes to build a seven-figure company without all of the costs attached, without as much of the sacrifice that was needed. Um, and that's given me then the foundations and platform now to enable me to you know, grow from there and, and do some of the amazing things I'm fortunate to do now. Yeah. So it definitely sounds like you've had these like crucible learning experiences, right? Where they've just brought you so far. And it's kind of interesting because sometimes you look back and you're like, man, I didn't really carry any like major financial gain away from that interaction. Uh, But it changed me, right? I learned a lot in that. I gained a lot of skills. And some of the skills that I gained, like I may not even think of them as important, but as you get into some of your future roles, you recognize, man, being able to lead groups of people, you know, like, you know, for me, from a fitness standpoint, being able to corral uh, people in a group is a tremendously valuable skill. Not everybody has that skill. And, you know, I've experienced, you know, adults oftentimes, uh, especially in the evening hours, it definitely felt like herding cats. You know what I mean? Like they're just as bad as preschoolers. Uh, You know, people just want to chat. They want to do other stuff. And I'm like, I'm trying to instruct you because you're here to exercise, uh, and you know what I mean? And it's, and it's fun to get that balance. Right. But there's so much, there's so much that you get to learn from each of these experiences. So I'm kind of curious based on the trajectory that you've had, where are you now and what are you building for you now and for, and for your audience, for your customers, for, for whoever it is that you're serving best. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely a large transition from that, you know, gym floor to then the business and the, the correlation between that, you know, herding and managing people. That was, uh, <laughs> That was very valuable for me, that that transition and managing hundreds of clients. So now what I've gone into is I, I fumbled around for a long time, ultimately trying to get clarity on actually what to focus on, because I had the experience in health and fitness and helping people with their health and fitness. I had the experience then in business and helping people with their business. And I kind of flip-flopped between the two for a long time. Whereas now in the last couple of months, I've finally got actual clarity on how to start to separate these things and uh, enable me to focus on them. So now what I have is what I just call is the the main life, which is ultimately the the top umbrella for everything else. So that's kind of the, the main thing I'm focusing on, which is the main life. And that's split into four different pillars. So the first pillar is the main journey. And that's actually how we first connected was I host a podcast called The Main Journey. And that for me is a way to connect with other people and develop the networking and also the relationships. I ultimately needed an excuse to learn from other people and connect with other people in the industry and to see what other people are doing. And that became the perfect way for me to learn about other people's journey. And I believe everyone is on their own journey, hence the main journey, because everyone's, you know, it's about you and yourself and what journey you're on. So that was like one aspect. And that for me was just, it was kind of like studying, continuing to learn, continue to connect. And that was like that aspect of what I want to do. The second part then became the main business. 
And this I kind of split into two different parts also, which is the coaching that I do for personal clients, plus the consulting that I do for multiple companies. So that enabled me to start to segment a lot of the work that I'm doing into this pillar. When any you know contracts come up or opportunities come up, I know that it fits into here. Then the third part for me is the main adventure. And this is part of that travel. This is part of some of the fitness challenges that I do. Some of the content creation that I do. I do some uh, camper van trips and um, you know charity raising, things like this. That, again, was another pillar I wanted to be able to put you know, things into. And then the final part for me is the main project, which is focused on personal development. Again, studying, it's still the health and fitness in this column. Um, and I've got aspirations of developing this into a program. I say aspirations, it's already created. It's just waiting for the, the right time for me to, to launch that. Um, but by splitting everything that I'm doing into these different pillars, it's enabled me to get true clarity on actually what to focus on and when, and where I want to take each aspect of the things that I truly enjoy and see moving forward. So uh, that's really helped me in splitting things that way. Man, I love it. And for those listening who um, you know, are here in the main this, the main that, just remember Samuel Main is his name, right? <laughs> so it's 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 a it's a fun little play on that. Um, so I love I love the the four different pillars, right? Representing kind of these major aspects that you found to be incredibly valuable and important in your life, right? Uh <laughs> we talked earlier about the main project, right? That thing that you're working on, that personal development thing that you're doing. Can we can we dive into what your main project is right now? Yes, absolutely. So the main project is actually a project to help other people get out of, you know, the dark hole that they may be in. It's actually centered around uh, five different things. I'm going to have to try and remember them off the top of my head, um, but it's a spin-off of the program 75 Hard by Andy Frisella. Um, now, that program has changed hundreds, if not thousands of people's of lives worldwide. Um, but I also see that that program can challenge people and not always in, in a good way if people are unable to stick to that program. So I wanted to develop something that actually enabled people to pick their own journey and pick their own things that were going to help them get out of that dark hole that it may be. So the main project is actually focused around picking five non-negotiables that become part of you and become part of your focus. So what you'll do is for 70 days, just because I wanted it to be 10 weeks, uh, and that's longer than you know habit creation of arguably 21 days or 66 days, depending on what study you're reading. Um, and you pick your own non-negotiables that you're going to stick to for that period of time. Now, the 75 hard program is incredible. Like I say, it's changed so many people's lives, but it, it really is going from zero to extreme. And that doesn't serve everyone that, you know, the, uh, is looking to come out of a dark hole for sure. And so, so yeah, for, for the listeners, yeah, I've seen 75 hard, a bunch of other places for those, maybe who have never heard of it. There's a, uh, you know, probably like eight different criteria or something, right? Just, you gotta do two 45 minute workouts each day. One of the workouts can be a walk or can be a run. Uh, and so then there's uh, no cheap meals, I think like at all, uh, which is 
just in itself is extreme, uh, but you get to define what is a cheat meal and, 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 you know, how that works for you. But like, you know, just in that sense, that's, that's a big deal. Um, goodness gracious. And there's a couple other things that they, that, that those are the two that are probably the most challenging because it's a huge time commitment and it's also a, a huge willpower commitment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, if you can complete it, amazing. Touche. Well done. Um, but I do, I do find for some it was relatively unrealistic, especially if you're someone who's in that dark place. It's such an extreme. So I was like, okay, if someone is in that bad place in, like, with their mental health, they actually just need to start. They just need to start moving step by step and see that consistency within themselves and develop things that they know work for them. Because for some people, you know, um, working out twice a day is just far too extreme. Maybe even just walking for 10 minutes is like a massive, massive win. And they know that that helps them in their mental headspace. So it's like, okay, let me put together a program that's going to help these people come out of this tough place um, that's actually realistic and something that they can do for 70 days, but actually they could do way longer than that. And that is what then where I started to lean into this of ultimately people picking their own non-negotiables that they know are going to help move them forward in whatever aspect they need to. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I'll, I'll keep going just because I think it will still help. There's five things that people will focus upon. The first one is movement. So every single day for 70 days, you're going to pick some form of movement that you'll stick to. Now, if you're a high level athlete, and you're someone who's already training a lot, this might be that, you know, you're going to do an hour of weightlifting every single day, right? If, if that's you, that's someone that's, you know, already at that level. For someone who's not, this could be that for you, you might do yoga every morning. This could be that uh, you may, um, let's say, do, oh, there's a famous PT in the UK, Joe Wicks. You might do a Joe Wicks workout once a day. So there's these that like different levels. You get to pick what's going to help move you forward. You just have to pick something for movement because it's important and it's needed. And it's going to give you that, you know, uh, the endorphins that you need for a healthy life. So that was the first one is movement. The second one is nutrition. You can't get around it. It's a foundation for everything we do. Uh, we have to have something in place for nutrition. Again, like you mentioned, going straight into uh, no cheat meals, that's, that can be really extreme. We've got people who have social lives, people who, you know, got things that they want to enjoy. They want to enjoy time with their partner. Right. And they, they might have a birthday. They might have a, you know, a wedding right. reception. They might like, there's all kinds of special events that come yeah. around and it's yeah. hard to say, oh, no, thank you. I'm not partaking. Exactly you know? that. Yeah. So again, going the extreme for someone who, you know, uh, training for a bodybuilding show. Cool. Maybe no cheap meals is something that'd be beneficial for you. So you can set that as your non-negotiable. For someone who's just trying to get out of that dark hole and isn't, you know, in the best place for themselves, maybe it's as simple as going, cool, I'm going to go with just no alcohol for 70 days. Maybe it's a case of I'm going to intermittent fast. So I'm I'm going to kind of skip breakfast and I'll have my first meal after 12 p.m. Maybe it's going to be no takeaways for 70 days. You pick your own non-negotiables that you're going to stick to as long as you know they're actually going to help you in closing that gap and moving you forward. So, but nutrition, we have to pick one. You have to find something in nutrition that's going to help you. So that's like the second one. The third one, I'll try and go through these a little bit quicker for you. Uh, the third one is headspace. 
again, we've we've got to prioritize getting out of potentially that dark hole that you're in. So examples of this for someone who is, uh, you know, let's say at the top of their game, it could be that they're going to meditate, they're going to journal, uh, they might do a cold shower, uh, they might do breathing exercises. You can pick all of these things. For someone who's just getting started, maybe it's that you're going to um, write one line in your journal every single day. That's it for 70 days. And you just stick to that. So you can see the difference of picking these non-negotiables. Uh, number four is personal development, ultimately study. What are you doing to further progress your own knowledge and education? So this could be reading, this could be podcasts, this can be even writing in a way too. So it's picking a non-negotiable there. And then the last one, um, which I'm very fond of, is nature. Mm. Is that if you're anything like me, it can be very, very easy to lock yourself in your office, work, work, work. And especially if you're working remotely, you can not leave your house for uh, for a few days or even a week. And especially for those that aren't in a great place. So getting outside into nature in some form is also important. For some people, this could be five minutes walking outside the door, walking to the shop. For others, this could be that they're going to do 10K steps every single day. Again, you pick your non-negotiables in each of these five different uh, points. You stick to them for 70 days. So it's something that you can stick to, you can stay consistent to, and that builds that consistency for you um, and eventually gets you out of that dark hole that you may be in. Dude, I oh, yeah. love that. I love yeah, that. And actually, it makes me think of some of the biggest changes that I've made in my life. Mm-hmm. It has been a larger commitment. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to do this for the next couple of weeks. It's like, I'm going to do this for a period of time yeah. and I'm going to see what happens. Right. One of those things for me was alcohol. I went without alcohol for 90 days. I was like, nice. you know, my, my counselor had recommended it uh, and I blew him off for a while. Uh, <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, I woke up with an epic hangover one day, worst I'd ever had. And it always made me laugh when people are like, oh, my hangover is so bad. I'm never drinking again. You know, and then we'd be out at the bar that night. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, whatever. Yeah. But. I, I had never actually thought that. I'd never actually thought like, I never want to drink again. But that day, the hangover was so bad. I was like, I will give it a shot to never drink again, or at least for this period of time, uh, because man, I feel terrible. So I gave it 90 days. And at the end of that 90 days, it just, it blew me away. I was, I was more emotionally stable. I was happier. Everything in my life was better. And I was like, man, I just, I can't go back. You know, like yeah. I feel, I feel too good to go back. Like, why would I go back? I would be taking away this good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've done that with video games. I've done that with other things that like have been a big part of my life, have been things that I enjoy, have been, have been things that, you know, have been kind of a part of, you know, called personal brand, right. You know, it's, it's kind of a part of who I was. And so to be able to either get some distance from something or to really invest in something, right. And so a podcast is a great example of that. I committed to like us, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to this for six months. You know, I'm going to do it for a period of time and then see where it goes. And it's really with these larger commitments, that we can start to see the change that we need to for it to become like a self-fueling thing. Because I think so often, you know, I, I'd weigh people in each day in, in fitness. And, you know, the expectation is not that you're going to be down in your weight every day if you're working on weight loss. You know, there's going to be fluctuations, right? I'd coach people through that. Uh, but people would still step on the scale and they'd be like, oh, I'm up today. And I'm like, well, it's all right. You know, it's not a big deal. You know, we're, we're looking at a weekly basis or a monthly basis to see where we're headed. And they'd be like, but I had a salad today, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, it's good. What are you going to do tomorrow? 
what are you going to do the next day? What are you going to do for a week? What are you going to do for a month? What are you going to do for the next year? Right. It's these, it's these longer term things that really add up where sometimes we get excited because we did this like, Oh, I did this really hard short-term thing. Um, but it's that longer process that really starts to fuel and feed into itself. Yeah. True lifestyle change. Um, I was just thinking that I was joking with a friend the other day is like, uh, you know, the best hangovers are the ones where you can't even drink water. Yeah, that's, that's how bad. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how the bad. pinnacle. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that's going to save you, you can't do. So yeah, that's yep. when you, that's when you know so it's top true. tier. <laughs> so true. It's one of those things where I was like, man, I wish I could just like, yeah, I wish I had a friend that was a nurse or something. Just like give me an IV drip or something, yeah, please help me. Right. Oh my goodness. Um, let's uh, let's talk about some of the other some of the other main ideas, right? You talk about the main journey, the main business, the main adventure. Um, and we are starting to run tight on time. So you know of those three, main journey, main business, main adventure, was there any of those things that we haven't really gotten to touch on yet? Yeah, I think the so the the main adventure is ultimately just me having fun and just enjoying some of the content creation. so there's not there's not too much to share there other than it's just me doing fitness challenges and things that I want to explore. The main business, uh, you know, ultimately is where I can still help a lot of people. Um, and that's obviously been a huge transition for me in the main business and gaining clarity on my own direction has enabled me to, you know, 10 times what I'm doing for other people. So I think for those, um, those that will be listening, I highly advise segmenting what it is that you truly enjoy and how was the best way to put this segmenting the things that you're passionate about because once you do that they're now not all interlinked and you can actually set then goals and targets for each of these departments so because i've now separated these i know my goals for the podcast i know the goals that i have in terms of clients that I'm going to be working with and contracts I'm going to be accepting for the main business. I know the adventures that I want to have for my own personal enjoyment. I know how many people I want to help with the main project. Beforehand, when I was really confused about these different segments and they were all basically all in one, I was setting goals for business, but I was like, oh, but how's that going to affect my personal life? I was setting these adventures. I'm like, oh, but how's that going to take away from the business? Now, because I've separated them, that's helped drastically. And I think a lot of people can benefit from going through that process of starting to segment what it is that you're doing so that you can set individual targets and directions in each in each aspect. Um, and that's that's really helped me. Yeah, no, that's tremendous. Being able to build your framework, right? Because each of us has different things that are yeah. that are important to us. You know what I mean? There's going to be different aspects that maybe we're going to need to lean into. And there may be seasons yes. of particular things that we're really going to be diving more into, right? If you're in a job transition, you know, probably your employment, whether it's self-employed or for somebody else, is going to be the big thing that season is going to be getting that dialed in and figured out, right? You're having relationship troubles, right? Probably working through those is going to be the focus of that season. And yeah. it's good to maintain a lot of the other things. And if you can maybe make some progress on the other things, but there's going to be some things that you're going to need to make, you know, light years of progress, uh, you know, with a, with a high amount of focus. Um, and I love that being able to kind of separate those things that are some of the most important. So looking, I was just to say, sorry to interrupt you is like making it individual, Hmm. you know, and that's so important. Like you say, having a segment that for you is family, you know, maybe one that is, um, if you're very motivated by music, okay, maybe you can put something here, 
but that segmentation has really helped. And then for me, what's enabled me to make some leaps and bounds here is understanding, okay, yes, I've got the main journey and the podcast and exploring other people's journeys and studying and connecting, but I'm like, oh, but that connects so well to the business aspect. Cool. Now I can see how these things are linked. The main adventure, sharing content, the personal side and those challenges, you know, obviously that links to some charity stuff as well, but it's like, I can see how that would still advance and help with the business. I can see how that would also help the podcast. I see how that's also going to play its part in the main, uh, the main project. So all of a sudden, all these things are linking up and I've got clarity on the next steps. So I can now actually be productive in each of these things rather than kind of self-sabotaging my way uh, forward. Yes. Oh my goodness. And yeah, it's usually the enemy isn't without us, right? It's not on the outside, right? It's usually, it's usually in, right? It's myself. It's, it's me. That is one of my biggest stumbling blocks. Looking at our conversation today, we've covered a lot of great stuff. We've talked (laughs) fitness, we've talked travel, we've talked kind of a framework for, for living and for setting goals and for transforming your life. Truly. Is there anything that you feel like we haven't gotten to cover today, or maybe something that you wanted to say to sum up? Oh, good question. I think one of the most powerful things for me that has changed my direction and given me um, given me the, the time to be still, I suppose, is asking myself the question is, what is enough? And the reason for that is I was constantly chasing more, more, more business, fitness, relationships, more, more, more. You know, I was thinking, cool, I need 100K months for me to be happy. I need um, all of these travel adventures. I need to be in like 24 countries a year for me to be happy. It's like, actually, none of those things are true. So it's just getting back to the bare bare bones of what you need. Um, And once you can take that time to be still and to assess that, you can start to put these things into action. So I knew, okay, I only need this much to cover all my bills and this much to be able to do the adventures and this much to be able to connect to other people. And I was like, wait a minute, I have all of these things. So now it takes away that stress, takes away that burden. Um, but yeah, you have to sit and ask what is enough in each of these different segments and, and parts that are important for you. Mm, man, that's that's powerful. So those that were just listening, like let that settle in. What is enough? How much is enough money? How much is enough travel? How much is enough time with your family? How much? How much is enough? And I think when we really stew in that, we find that the answer is usually less than we would imagine, right? We can, we can deal with less. And, and then on the flip side too, it's, it's more than we usually budget, right? We, when it comes to time, you know, it's, it's going to take more time in this business to actually get to where I want to go. It's going to take more time with my family to actually make the impact that I want to with them. You know, it's going to take certain things, but we also get to give certain things into that. Right. And so understanding that expectation and understanding, you know, what it is that we truly want and how to, how to balance that, that's, that's priceless advice right there. So again, friends, Samuel Maine, uh, what's your name? What's the name of your podcast again, real quick for those listening and how, how can people connect with you? Yeah. Thanks again for, for having me on the podcast still relatively fresh, but it is called the main journey. So you'll be able to find that, but you can also find everything at samuelmain.com. Um, you'll be able to find all the links to everything uh, from there. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Samuel. Appreciate it. What's going on, Grow Getters? Thank you so much for tuning in. 
make sure you hit subscribe. This is going to automatically download the newest episodes for you because let's be honest, you know this is your favorite show. It's also going to help this show get in front of more people. Subscribes are the biggest metric that they use in order to push this in front of a new audience. If you want to do me another huge favor, you can leave me a review. Let me know why you tune in. What's been intriguing for you lately? What have you been learning? In this most recent episode, what was something that stood out for you? Please leave that review. And thanks for being on this journey with me. Andrew hopes you have enjoyed this program.